Welcome back to the Northeast Newscast. On this week's episode, publisher Michael Bushnell is diving into the Kansas City Police Department budget from the officer's perspective. Thanks for joining us. I am the Deputy Chief over the Executive Services Bureau. For the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department. Correct. Um, Just jumping right in, we're going to cover five or six different things. We've already covered one. But um, you head up Executive Services Division of the Police Department. That's a lot of balls to juggle um, in terms of department operations. Is, we talked about it even before we went on the air. Is this, is, do you have a typical day? Well, um, I don't know that I've had a typical day in 27 years of the police department. Actually, I start my 27th year next week. Uh, Happy anniversary. Yeah. So, um, it's, as, as you said, I have executive services bureau, which is the financial, uh, part of the department. I also have 911 call takers dispatch communications unit. I have a radio shop. I have fleet, um, amongst other things. So there's uh, our supply unit, things of that nature. So it's it, it's a lot. Um, you know, as a commander, we always think it's just law enforcement. Ninety-five uh, percent of my bureau is on the civilian side. So it's. It, it's busy, but on the other hand, every every five weeks, I'm almost also on call for violent crime. So this is my on-call week. Um, and just like this morning, I had to respond on a homicide with violent crimes and then uh, to a couple other incidents that's happened throughout the city today. So um, just because you're over the Executive Services Bureau doesn't mean that you're not aware of what's going on at all the other bureaus. Um, talk about staffing, talking about the budget, where are we versus where we need to be in terms of boots on the ground and what's coming down the pike in terms of academy classes or retirements? Where are we? We see that a lot in the news about more guys are rolling out uh, than are rolling in. And then last week, even the mayor jumped on and he said, well, this is the what was the stat that he said? Something about this is the first time in a long time we've had less retirements than the month before. Can, can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. So Deputy Chief Hicks always gives her a uh, personnel update at the board meetings. And I want to say we're at 1150-ish, um, give or take. So, you know, ideally, we would like to be around 1,400 police officers in Kansas City. That's where you would, that's where you would like to be. And that, that means we're fully staffed. We have uh, officers at all positions. And, and as I was talking last week uh, to some folks, you know, right now with the staffing level that we're at, you, you see a lot of police cars, they have their lights and sirens on and they're going from this call to the next call. Then they get to that call, they go to the next call. And it's turn your lights and sirens on and go to the next call. You know, at, at the staffing level. So what, what we really hope to see is by the end of this budget cycle, that will be up to 1,250 officers. And then let's work towards getting up to 1,400 because, you know, early in my career, I'll just use Northeast. Um, I was I was, I was was an officer in, in 1990, into 95, into 96, uh, where I, this is my district, 311. I was 3, 311 and, and we patrolled the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't always running to a call, it was, you were patrolling, talking to people. I mean, you you knew the businesses because you were on quote unquote patrol. And I think the thing that people may misunderstand is if we get to 1250, great. 
we still need to continue to get that 1400 in my opinion so we can get back to where citizens see us just on patrol we can stop we can do things not just answering calls for service so i think that answers your first part of your question where are we at um we're definitely down uh when it comes to academy classes we but we have budgeted this year we should be able to have three to four academy classes and that's what we're hoping to get us back up to the 1250 officers by the end of the budget year next year and that uh, has to do with we don't know how many people retire but i will tell you we gave a raise on january the first this year and that really kind of put a stop to retirements because people were going to wait to see what was going to happen and this year's upcoming budget is proposed for officers at the top to have a four percent raise or or get a equivalent to a step increase if they're not topped out um and if that if that takes place i think you'll see the retirements really slow down um, because people will wait to see what happens so that it, that affects their retirement um, and the retirement system. So one of the things we talked about as a command staff with the chief and the deputy chiefs is not only do we need to be recruiting, but we really do need to, to slow down the amount of folks that are leaving our department. And I'll tell you that the, the, the raise has done that. That's one component of the retirements. How do you, how do you handle those external forces? that my community doesn't appreciate this or my city doesn't appreciate me is is that something that you can deal with as well and how do you how do you change that paradigm well there's i mean there's no doubt um i we were just driving around today uh sergeant king and i were just driving around today in east patrol and i said man this is this whole neighborhood all of east patrol has changed since i started patrolling 26 years ago and uh, it's different but the but, but the patrol officer is different as well I will tell you when I came on the police department I didn't watch a board of police commissioners meeting um, I didn't really pay that close of attention the young officers that we have now they watch they watch the board of police commissioners meetings they watch city council meetings you know and they, they want to feel supported not only by their command staff they want to feel supported by city government they want to be supported by um, neighborhoods uh, and and I think that's important I do think that there is some turn to that I think there is some turn when we talk about budget and it's out front and the news media it, a lot of times big numbers are thrown out that 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 people don't don't totally understand um, you know I, I was in lots of these budget meetings I said this is not like reconciling your checkbook at the end of the day right this is a this is a major be like a major business uh there's there's a lot of accounts there's a lot of things that money has to go towards grants has to be spent on this there's money that's allocated just for this and whenever you get to that people are always like why are you transferring money here and transferring money there well it has to do with at the beginning of a budget year you're you're estimating costs and those costs may change throughout the year. Uh, we may we may need uh, equipment, a car. We may need cars. Something may have happened. We may need cars. We may have had something happen to the helicopter. We may have had example. If we have a hundred new officers come on this job. We have to have uniforms, belts, holsters, vests. handcuffs, vests, everything. <clears throat> so all of those are different accounts. So small equipment as an account um salaries an account so it's not just as easy as saying 
hey, I want to reconcile my checkbook at the end of the day, and um, here it is. So, you know, there's a we have a lot of people that work really hard on both sides of the street um, with the city and with with the police department. Um, but going back to what you began at the beginning is, you know, it's not just about the budget, but it's about a lot of things of, of these officers want to feel supported. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they need to show that back. We need to show that back as well to the to our citizens. That's one of the, when you were a major at ESO, and that's one of the things, one of your paradigms that I really liked. And you made no secret of the fact you told your guys, get on the side streets, be seen. And that's obviously when we had more boots on the ground and they could do that. But that was one of the things that I really liked about your command decision when you were at East is get out there and just go down the side streets in Northeast or go through the neighborhood uh, as you go through your day. And I think it really helped to increase not only the the appreciation of the department, but the officers, but the department as a whole. It seems, it seems elementary almost. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, I got some eyebrows raised. I had other commanders look at me like I was talking <laughs> a different language. Yeah. And I said, it's, it's not, this is not rocket science. You know, we, we have a tendency to do what, what is normal and that's drive up down into Pence Avenue, drive up and down Truman Road. And it was, it was, I, I just put out the, we're going to do things a little different. We're going to patrol a little different. And I always say perception is reality. And if, if citizens see officers and feel like officers are in their neighborhood, that perception becomes reality. And, uh, it was, it was, I, I had just had this conversation with a couple people and said, it's amazing how you just might patrol differently when you have the time to patrol differently, the perception of the neighborhood will change. And it did, it changed over a course of probably six months, nine months, and people felt safer. It ended up proving to be safer. Um, you know, we, we did knock that homicide uh, rate down significantly here in, in Northeast, but that wasn't just the police department. And I, I think what we really need to make sure everyone understands, whether it's here in Northeast or it's in the city, all of the community groups as well bought into this plan. Mm-hmm. And it, that's, that's big. It's hard to get a lot of groups to, to buy into the same plan. And they all did. And I, and I equate some of that to, to Scott Wagner who was over at the Maddie Road Center with the NEAT program. I equate some of that to him. I also equate it to the officers buying in and saying, hey, let's try this. So, I, you know, if we could ever get back up to 1,400 officers, uh, it would be amazing to be able to see them doing that citywide. Right. Patrolling neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And we, we did run a little experiment here. Well, I was a major at East Patrol just in Northeast, and it, it was proven to work. And we saw your, uh, I always call them your guys, we saw your guys out more. And I, I live on Windsor, and I saw them coming down Windsor, coming down Indiana a lot. And my neighbors noticed that too. And that's, that's what was, I guess, from my standpoint, that made me feel safer as well. Yeah. So, and hopefully, you know, like I said, a lot of this has to do with the times that have changed. We've, we went through a lot in the last couple of years with, with, with the civil unrest, with COVID, with, with a lot of things. And, and, you know, another thing that people don't think about, and we talk about this, I was sitting at a board meeting. It was one of the first ones after I've been promoted to deputy chief. And uh, Deputy Chief Hicks said, we're at a 1,167, 1,170 some officers. We haven't been at that level since 1997. Mm-hmm. 
And I sat there in my chair at that board meeting and thought, I was here in 1997. What what has changed? What's different? Because I didn't feel that feeling as, right. as an officer myself. But we've had a couple different changes on our department. Um, we have we had a different shift change. We do the 10-4 plan now, which which I like. I, I think I think it's a good thing, the 10-4 but it takes more manpower. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that we now have six division stations, not five. Right. So you have to man that sixth division that takes more people. So, um, and, and Kansas City's growing. I mean, obviously we, we put Shoal Creek as the last patrol station we put in and, and it's growing and you have to have officers there too. So that's going to shift your, your manpower across the city. So whenever we used to have, I think when I was working at East Patrol, we had X amount of officers. Well, you lost some of those to, to man another station. Mm-hmm. So we've had some some changes. And the other thing is, is when it comes to retirement, people are like, oh, all these people are retiring. Well, I could retire myself. I was in that big hiring wave in the mid-90s. What people forget is we replaced all of the folks that came out of the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. So the people who came out of the Vietnam War were getting hired on in law enforcement. In the mid-90s, they were all retiring my, my academy class started with 50, and there was 50 behind it, 50 behind. There are a large amount of people on this police department right now that are eligible for retirement because they were hired all through that mid to late 90s stretch, and they're all eligible for retirement. Right. So we look at it and go, we're, all these officers are retired. Well, the same thing happened when we were all hired. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to kind of look at that and, and say, how did we get in the position we're in? Um that, that's where it comes. That's my opinion. Where it comes from is is we've had those things happen. So um, the positive side of this is is we're really, I think, turned a corner on on people who want to come into law enforcement because we're seeing more people apply. We're we're having more interest and things like that. It's time to take a break to thank our sponsors. Shemekas Online Market in Delhi, offering catering and nationwide shipping at shemekasonline.com. Find their new deli at 16th and Swift in North Kansas City. Shemekas, where customers become friends and friends become family. From classics to campers, hot rods to hoopties, Seaberg Muffler, your exhaust headquarters since 1974. Armor Road in Burlington in North Kansas City, Missouri. And now back to the newscast. There's a lot of moving parts in terms of the police budget and especially in a post-COVID world, what would you like our readers to know about what goes into the budget and how does that impact service delivery in terms of on a street and in the communication center? Let's, I, I'll try to break this down in as simple as, because uh, they have to make it pretty simple for Doug Niemeyer to understand. It again, <laughs> well, so. and, and Mike Bushnell. Let me... So, um, you know, you'll see this large number placed on the budget and that is the budget. But, when you start really breaking it down to how much operating costs are, how much personnel costs are, things of that nature, you know, just, just an example, almost $21 million of our budget is paid for by the city, like on behalf of the city. So that, that money doesn't come to us, the police department, and then we pay things. That money is for debt service. I mean, that's almost $11 million. We got um, our facilities, fuel, just operating costs, those costs are paid by the city. However, it's charged to our budget, mm-hmm. which which is understandable. I assume that's the way it works for other divisions within the city. 
Um, so you, you take $21 million right off the top that people may believe is handed to the police department when in all reality is it, it's, I call it paid on behalf right. by the city. So you, that's 21 million right off the top. You know, we have 27, 27 and a half million dollars goes to healthcare. And that's not going down. Yeah. No, it's going up this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then it's in the neighborhood of 40, $3 million, $44 million for the pension system. So whenever you take just those three numbers, that's almost a hundred million dollars for those three things right off the, right off the top. So the rest of our budget is, is, is 94% of our budget is, is personnel costs. So now that, that includes the pension as well. So, you know, we operate this police department on 6% of that number. But when you start breaking a budget down, you, you, you see where the money goes. It's our budget is posted online. It's, it's, it's there. It's mm-hmm. itemized. It's an itemized budget. Everybody can see what it is and where the money is placed. So we've done that for years. We start our budget early. You know, it's October is when we start our budget is time. And, uh, we put together what we believe to be a good budget and we send that over to the city. And, and work with their financial folks and send it to city council in October to say, this is what we believe is a, a number. And then we work on that number for, for four or five months. Yeah, because isn't May 1st, isn't that when the fiscal year for the city starts? That May 1st is when the fiscal year starts. However, coming up this month, March the 24th, will be the date that the city votes on the budget. Right. And they do that every year. It's the third believe it's the third Thursday of the month or don't, don't hold me to that, but it's something like that. But it's March mm-hmm. 24th this year. The city council will vote and that's when the budget will be passed for the entire city, not just the police department. Right. And I think what 2021, you, what, what did I say? 270 million, give or take. That was 2021. Are you looking for more this year? So ours is at 269 right now. Um, it does show us to have an increase over last year by a few percent. Um, but some of that is, you know, we, I think you saw or, or most people that, that watched the budget presentation by the chief. Um, there were some numbers in there that changes our budget. Right. You know, uh, we have almost a, a million dollars in there for utilities. We have, uh, 500 and I believe it's 20 some thousand for um, off duty mm-hmm. at 18th and Vine. But that's that's kind of towards our budget. But actually, that's like an off, off duty job. Those officers be paid off duty, but it's through the police department. Right. But right. That, but that goes into our budget number. Mm-hmm. So whenever you see that number, then that number is 269. Like there's another million and a half that's utilities and off-duty that, that's not really right to the day-to-day operations, um, per se, of personnel. So that's why it's important for people to understand that the budget is a, a difficult document to understand. Um, but it's open. It's open. It's online. It's it's out there. So uh, I think this year's budget, the big, the big thing is, is um, very appreciative to, to get raises for, for officers. Um, we're still hoping that some of the American Recoveries Act money comes through because we, we do have a 
a major need for our new radios. Our radios are into life, as was the fire departments. Um, so we're working towards that, and I, I feel like we're doing really well with that with the with the city finance office. I've been in discussions with them for months now. I feel good about that. I've met with the mayor and the city manager about it. Uh, and then we're also trying to, uh, you've probably heard about the hazard pay. I think you asked mm-hmm. me about that. The hazard pay is uh, a lot of cities have done this with their American Recovery Act money. I mean, I, the, fire, I'm the fire department, um, which uh, most people who know me or know me and my brother know I, I'm, I'm a supporter of the fire department. Uh, but the, the fire department got hazard pay last year and they're getting it this year. And we, we felt it was only fair that the policemen that were working every day as well um, receive that hazard pay. So exactly. We're, yeah. we're hoping that that happens as well. We'll talk a little bit about the allocation process. And you, you spoke to this um, early on. The It's not just a lump sum drop. You get that allocated to you over the course of a year. And then what happens when we get CARES Act money? Like, I think there was $66 million and then there... I don't even want to talk about the forty-two million or what, what, whatever it was, but there was CARES Act money involved on top of that. So how is that handled versus the regular line item budget? Well, the CARES Act money is—it was that's the cities, um, and they're calling tranches. The first tranche, um, we didn't receive any of the American Recovery Act money on the police department. Um, we have made a request for some of that in year two. Um, that would be the hazard pay. Mm-hmm. That would be radios. That would be some of the things that we would be asking for out of out of that money, um, American Recovery Act money, which is separate from the budget. As it's separated, it's American Recovery Act money. I I know that uh, the city can tell you what they spent the first round on, um, and I know that they're trying to allocate the second round. Um, that's why we requested some money because we didn't get any from the first round. So. Um, we're just hopeful. It's separate. Uh, it's not. It's not what you would see in our day-to-day operations and budget. And unfortunately, and we've had these discussions as well. Hopefully, we can come up with a plan so that when we buy our radios, we don't have the same problem ten years from now. You know, just like with hiring. Twenty-five years ago, we hired all of these people, and now they're retiring. We can't continue to do the same thing where we buy radios today, and then ten years from now we say. We need another ten million dollars to buy radios. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not can't continue to do that. Um, luckily, with this American Recovery Act money, there is money available. We can spend it on that, uh, or it, it is allowable to be spent on that. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about transparency, and you alluded to this a little bit. All this has to be done kind of in the in the lens of uh, in the public eye. How does the public comment phase affect where you put money? Well, much, that would be during the this time, right? It's before the budget happens, correct? So, you know, if someone comes in and says, "Where, where is this money being spent?" We we can tell. I can tell. Police department can tell. It's right here. This is where we're spending the money. So I don't know. I I know where you're headed with your question. I don't know if someone's like, "Do you spend money at?" Metro. How come you don't spend any money in Metro and you spend money at Centerson? So, you know, normally we would justify the the answer of which way that it's done or explain to them why that's done. 
but most of our expenses are 94% of our expenses are on people. Mm -hmm. So um, there's not a lot of wiggle room when it comes to the rest of the budget. So, you know, public comment is obviously taken into account. I mean, the city has three open hearings to talk about um, things. I, I can tell you, we, we asked one, I don't think I have them in front of me, but we, we have what, what is called uh, decision package items because we do the same thing and ask. One, one we wanted a, a FLIR for the helicopter. Ours is outdated. Um, everybody what, in Kansas City is... What's a FLIR? A FLIR the FLIR is like the, the camera. Um, infrared camera that okay. that's on the on the bottom of the helicopter, so when they're flying, they can see things at night. Okay, um, ours is outdated; it doesn't work. Um, they, we asked for one of those as a budget package item. It was not placed in the budget, but we asked for those items just like we do the radio or other things. Mm -hmm. um, that's how it, that's how we, it works. We we submit a budget that says this is what we believe we need to operate, and then here are items that we would like to have. Mm -hmm. So. Some years those get funded and some years those do not. So um, when it comes to public comment, many times that's that's done on the city side at the city city budget hearings. Right. So the you go into those with kind of an open mind and with the idea, okay, maybe we can shift a little bit more here or over there in terms of maybe manpower or uh, what's equipment. Sure, we cars, we, whatever. So we. And here's the thing, we, we, we shift manpower anyway, right? If we're about to come up on a St. Patrick's Day parade. <laughs> yeah. We haven't had one in a while, but everyone's working. It doesn't matter if you work at North Patrol, Shoal Creek, East, Center, Metro, South Patrol. We, we have to have officers to work that parade. Mm -hmm. So commanders, everyone that's available will be working. It's no different than a... A Royals parade, a Chiefs right. parade, any major event in the city, um, we move manpower to where it's needed to be allocated. So, you know, a lot of times when we're talking about spending money, whether it's we're, you're spending money on human beings to be there to work, to be in places, um, along with equipment, uh, it, it takes equipment to to get people to point A to point B. Mm -hmm. So. Um, you know, I haven't really seen a lot of people come in and I, I, I haven't, uh, it's, you know, fund the police department at this level, fund the parks department at this level. But you know, I, I will say this too, when we talk about that major number, when it comes to the, to the budget and you boil it down, I, I worked over at city hall for several years and the city does a resident survey every year and the police department and the fire department are always in the top three. Mm -hmm. So when when you hear the number public safety is 38% of the budget, that's police and fire together. It's not just the police department. It's, right. It's us together. Mm -hmm. um, many times we always feel like it's just the police department, but it's police and fire together when they say public safety. And and the other thing is, is, you know, it accounts for a large amount, but that's what our citizens put on their survey. It's important to them. So I think that's important for... For everyone to hear. I, I don't know that everyone knows that. In terms of just budget breakdown, what those, uh, like the public safety line item is to the city budget. That, that's what you're talking about, right? Right. Well, what, I, what I'm saying is, is it's a priority to citizens. Right. In the public public survey, fire and police are always at the, in the top three of right. importance. So whenever we say this is 38% of the general fund, mind you, general fund budget, 
or I, I think it's 38%. I could be wrong. It could be, it could be more than that. That might just be our portion. I don't know why 38% stuck in my mind, but it might just be me. I can't remember. Um, that it's police and fire. Right. It's public safety. And that is a priority of our citizens. So it, it should be a priority of the budget. What you've got some stats in front of you, and I see some highlighting. What do you want our readers to know in regards to what you brought with you? I know that I pulled some numbers from your budget that's online, and you had, you told me that it is online. And I went there and I saw, and it's a huge document. And I, I can't remember how many pages, like 97 or 100 pages of, of line item after line item and line item. And I would encourage you, if you haven't gone to the city's or the police department's website, go and look at the budget from 2020, 2020 to 2021. And it's, it's an amazing number, which is where I got the 270 million. What do you want our readers to, to know about what's going to be important to the police department moving forward in the budgeting process? Well, first and foremost, it's, it's important to, number one is the, the officers themselves. I think that's it's extremely important because, one, we need to retain what we have and we need to recruit. And where we stand now after we gave those raises, we're middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not the top, we're not the bottom. We were the bottom. Now we're in the middle of the pack. It's important that we retain officers and find new ones. And, and the way to do that is to pay them. Mm-hmm. So that, first and foremost, is important. Um, the second thing in the budget is I, I want people to be able to be educated on it and not just say, well, there's this massive number thrown out there and the police department gets this lump sum of money and nobody knows what they do with it. It's available for anybody to see what we do with it. Our books are, are there, they're out there. So it's not like it's, it's, if someone wants to see it, they can see it. Um, you know, there's there's adjustments we make throughout the year, like I said, because we estimate numbers at the beginning of the year, just like any other company would. You have to estimate your cost. Mm-hmm. That's why it's a budget. And sometimes we miss and we have to move money to, to this or move money to that, depending on if we could hire more police officers, we will put more money in and hire more officers. We will take money out of the car budget and put over and, and hire another class, things of that nature, if we can. So it's it's flexible, it's adjustable. Um, but we, we also try to be fiscally responsible. It's not, we're just going to get this amount of money and nobody knows what happens to it. That, and I learned that. I learned that when I worked over at the city. I've learned that since I've uh, been in charge of the executive services bureau. There is a, there is a lot of processes go through to make sure that that budget is open. Anything else that you'd like our readers to know? Uh, open forum, open table, whatever you want to call it. No, I just, uh, I, I really, I, I enjoy being back here because this is, as everybody knows, this is kind of my home here at East Patrol, even though now I'm I'm downtown and I I, I work downtown, but uh, I enjoyed, I'm glad you had me back. Uh, I enjoy the east side of town. I enjoy all of Kansas City. I um, just want to say thank you to, to our folks uh, through this budget process. Thank you to the city's financial uh, office for this process. And if there's anybody has any questions, anybody anybody has any questions, they can they can reach out to us. We'll do our best to answer them. Or I'll get answers for you. Uh, I as I've told you before, Doug Niemeyer is not hard to find in this city. 
you you've got kind of a high profile. Yeah, <laughs> Doug Newmar is not hard to find. Um, reach out, and I'll do my very best to get you the answers as soon as I possibly can. And more so, I, I really, as we talked about at the beginning, I'll finish with this: is I just really appreciate the people who support the police department, um, not just necessarily financially, but sometimes it's emotionally, sometimes it's just just being a, a neighbor. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are more people out there in these neighborhoods that support the police than do not. And it does not go unnoticed. And thank you for listening to the Northeast Newscast. For all our episodes, articles, and more, visit northeastnews.net. As we continue our 90-year tradition of delivering free newspapers to Northeast residents, now you can help the Northeast News continue to produce community journalism directly by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com slash northeastnewskc. In exchange, we hope to offer our Patreon subscribers access to exclusive content. Mm-hmm.